On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we have recurring guest Tova coming back on the show to discuss all things New York Giants. We get her opinion on who she wants to see the Giants take with the number 11 pick. Is it a wide receiver? Is it an offensive lineman? Is it a defensive prospect? We shall see. And we also break down Dave Gettleman in the offseason. Pretty good, bringing in Kenny Galladay and others. So a lot of optimism here. Stay tuned for episode number 105 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where we're talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. Joining us tonight, our recurring guest and Giants expert, Tova. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun the last time, so I'm super pumped to be back um, talking the draft. Hopefully, we have some good things to come from Seriously, seriously. I feel like we're in a different position than past drafts with the Giants. Like, I think there's some optimism this year. I agree. I think it's kind of like we're not just going in being like we need every single player and then some, um, which is positive. I think the last time I was trying to think like the last time we talked, I think was in November. Where were the Giants at that point? I'm trying to. Were I think we, we, were we at the height of the season where like we had a chance where we like discovering there was a chance? Like, I don't remember where we were. I forget too, and either we, it was right before or right after that Seattle game. I so think I can't so, remember. Yeah. And I think we were like, is it better for us to just lose, or you know, do we have a shot here? Maybe we win the division. I think that's where we were. So yeah, you know, in my opinion, and I want to see what you had to think about the end of the season. But you know, we saw flashes, we had some hope, and then we ultimately didn't win the division. I think it's for the best. Um, but that was my take. What did, what did you think? So I agree. I just have to give myself a little credit. I literally watched that Sunday and I was like, guys, I tweeted, I think I like, pinned the tweet for all. I was like, this is what's going to happen. I was like, we're going to beat Dallas. We're going to be super hyped. We're going to be hyped for like four plus hours. And then the Eagles are going to, um, they needed to lose, right? Or no, they needed to win. They needed to win. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then we're just, the Eagles are going to screw us over and we're going to be depressed. And I literally watched it and I was like, okay, so Oh, I called it because I was like, the Giants game is going to end with an interception. I like felt it. So I was like, check one. And I was like, okay, now we're pumped. And then a few hours later, I was like, and now like we all hate the Eagles more and we are super depressed. I think for all intents and purposes, I think the best happened. It just sucked that it happened. Had to happen that way. Um, Also in light of COVID, I really didn't want to have the playoffs and not be able to go. Me being selfish. Um, so in a weird way, I was a little relieved, but obviously how all that went down just sucked. But I think we're in a really good position this year, which is shocking. Like we said, I feel like we never get to say that. It's always like mm-hmm. we need everything. Um, so I feel like we can finally see some light at the end of the tunnel, which is really bizarre and feels extremely long overdue. Um I also think the team really, like, from the last time we talked, like, I think we're talking about them gelling. And I really think there's a lot that they've accomplished. You know, like, if you're a fan and you've watched 
them regress and kind of progress and then regress some more. There's a lot there, which is wonderful, but I don't know. I losing uh, Delvin Thomas at that that was wrong. That um, hurts. He he was a stalwart. You know, he was a guy that was there for so long. You know, know, was an anchor on that line, but. You know, we can talk about this, too, before we get to the draft. And, you know, Dave Gettleman will give him the credit where credit's due. I think he had a pretty good offseason, all things considered. But, you know, it seemed like he had to choose between Dalvin and Leonard Williams, and he chose Leonard Williams. So what did you think about that? I thought, like, you know, I, I get it. It's a business, and I'm just someone who I'm like, oh, like, can't we? Sometimes I'm just like, can't we all just get along? It would be so great. <laughs> and, like, can we just put the business aside? I think it was the right move at the end of the day. It just sucks when you know, I feel like it's, you're between a rock and a hard place. Like we had to lose someone. We couldn't keep them both, even though I'm sure like we, I know we wanted to. So that was rough. I will say though, I'm going to applaud Dave Gettleman for um, getting us a wide receiver. Oh yeah. I can't believe that was pulled off. Um, I would see all the tweets and I was like, guys, like, come on, like, this is great. This is fun. But like, come on. And then I was like, we, we actually have a wide receiver one. This is kind of a big deal. Like this is Huge. a big deal. And what was interesting was I was Googling some today and I guess, cause I was just reading about like what other people thought about Dave Gettleman. I didn't realize Sterling Shepard was considered one of the least efficient, um, wide receivers, which I feel like when you watch the games, it makes sense. Cause I like him and I like to like him, but compared to other wide receivers, he's just not it. I guess you could say. Um, so realizing, I guess, I don't even think I realized how bad the wide receivers were on our team, which is really bad to say. Yeah. So then reading up on uh, Galladay, I was like, wow, like this actually, like I see a lot of potential, but I think for me, and I think I talked about this last time was I'm a big Daniel Jones sympathizer and I have been, and I, that is, the cross I bear. <laughs> that being said, I've completely changed my tune now that I've seen who we gathered in free agency. Okay. I think that, you know, like you have a wide receiver one now. The, I think the, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, about the O-line and pop if we, if we needed someone on the O-line or something like that in the draft. But I think for the most part in the past eight years, as of right now, the team is as put together as it's ever been. I don't, I think it's going to be a make or break year for Daniel Jones. I completely agree. And, you know, you said a lot of things that I agree with that the team's gelling. It feels like for the first time in a long time, there's, there's some hope here. The players are kind of, you know, they seem like they're playing together. They're behind our coach judge, you know, a lot of good things are happening here. Exactly. And I couldn't agree more that this is the year for Daniel Jones. We've got Kenny Galladay, who's a big time receiver. I am glad you brought up Sterling Shepard because like you said, I mean, he, he didn't play that great, but I think part of that was that he was out of position. So, you know, there, he was playing the outside receiver. I think he's always better in the slot. Like he, I agree. He's much more shifty. He's a good route runner and he's good on the inside by getting Galladay. Now you can now have him go back to the slot. So hopefully you're going to see more out of uh, Shepard this year. We get Saquon back, which is going to be huge. And I think it's like, this is the make or break season for Daniel Jones. There's no excuses. Yeah. He's either got it this year or he doesn't. And you know, I guess we'll turn a little bit towards the draft right now, but I, I'm personally hoping that we get an O lineman. I hope one of these two guys, Sewell or Slater, falls to the Giants at 11 because then it's like, okay, no excuses left. You've got a line to protect you. You've got weapons. Let's see what you got. 
that's my two cents. What do you think about the O-line? I completely agree with you. And before we made the um, Kenny Galladay acquisition, I, I really was like, we need a wide receiver. Yep. Like, I yep. really, I was just like, it can't keep going. Like, this, like, slate and it's hit or miss. I don't understand the play calling. Like we said, Shepard, I mean, he was our best. And it was, according to the stats, it was honestly like one of the least efficient wide receivers in the league. So that's, that says a lot about the team. So I really wanted a wide receiver Then obviously – you know, we did pretty well in free agency. I think we're going to have to get an, uh, someone with the O-line, and I I just want the O-line fixed once and for all. Yeah. Like, I know I feel like so many fans, like I read the tweets, I see what people say, I think everyone agrees with that, and every year it's like the same story. But, and I think we talked about this last time, like the O-line was really gelling. Like I saw some improvements, like maybe instead of 0.3 seconds, Daniel Jones had actually like two whole seconds. Like <laughs> there was some progress happening. And I, I agree. I just think we are slowly filling all the voids on the team that we needed. And that being said, it can't like Daniel Jones is just not going to have any more excuses. And right. I think, like I said, I'll fully admit I was a Daniel Jones sympathizer. And I think people like to, you know, fault him, but you're kind of looking like the pocket collapses so quickly. Receivers can't get separation. Obviously Evan Ingram was just yeah. a big disaster. <laughs> So you're kind of looking at it and you're like, well, how much of it is really his fault? Like how much can he take the blame for all of this when all of these, yeah, he can't make plays because look at all these other factors. I think if the team continues to gel and in the way that we've seen it thus far, I really think then the outlier really becomes Daniel Jones, Yeah, which I don't know if that's a reality. Some people are ready to face and who knows, maybe he'll be great. I think I like to think sometimes he just lacks the confidence and knows, honestly, figuratively and literally everything is crumbling around him and <laughs> has to just go as fast as he can. But, I mean, I think, like we said, like they've filled a lot of positions and I think it's, I think it might be judgment day and it's, it's third year. I yeah. Because year three, I mean, what we saw, that's usually a year where the quarterbacks make that jump. So we saw it last year, like Josh Allen yeah. looked great. Baker Mayfield made a jump like year three is like, okay, there's no more excuses. You've, you've been here, you know, the system, let's see what you got. And I think that's where we're at with Jones. I was with you as well. Before we signed Galladay, I was like, all right, we got to get one of these receivers. And there's three really big ones. So there's uh, Jamar chase, there's mm-hmm. Devonte Smith and there's Jalen Waddle. I think one of those three guys will probably be there at 11. So I'm going to do a little, uh, you know, you got to choose left or right or one or the other, I guess. So, Let's say in a hypothetical world, the Giants are at 11 and let's say uh, Rashawn Slater is available and Devontae Smith is available. Who are you taking? Devontae Smith. Oh, okay. So quick. I just, <laughs> let's just do it. Do the damn thing. Like we're just doing it. I mean, I think he's just so incredible. Um, like I watched him and um, I forget what it, the one of the, one of the games and I was like, holy shit. Like I, it's one of those things where I'm like, if we can't have him, no one can because he's dangerous like yeah. we like I want him on my team because I don't want to have to go up against him like so I would I mean I don't think I don't see us getting another wide receiver I don't I don't know I think like we said especially because Kevin's um how do you pronounce that name Zietler Zettler I always Zettler, yeah he left so that leaves a hole on the O line mm-hmm. um so I feel like things are pointing to the O line which to, I feel like every year it's the same. Like I'm like, we need it. And either we do it and it fails or we just don't do it. <laughs> so yeah. I, that's where I'd like, I also, I mean, 
Kyle Pitts would also be great. Um, but I know we also signed, um, what's his name? Rudolph. Yep. So Rudolph. I don't know once again, if that, if the need is as prevalent as it was before free agency. Yeah. And he's just such a unique prospect where he's technically a tight end, but I mean, he ran Kyle Pitts ran as a wide receiver. I mean, he, he ran a four, four sub four, four. I think there's a lot of versatility with you, with him. I just don't think he's going to be there. I think ultimately some team is going to pick him. Yeah. And I also want to get your opinions on this because I found this to be the most ironic twist of the entire off season, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know you're in Eagles land. We were all so pissed that they tanked that game at the end of the season so that they get the sixth pick. And then they just traded to 12. They dropped back. And I know you're getting extra picks in the long run, but they did this to get a higher pick. And now we're picking ahead of them. So they're not going to steal one of our weapons. It's great. I know, but I did hear that there are some rumors I was reading, honestly, right before this, that the Giants might trade down. Yeah. Which is interesting, especially, I'm pretty sure Gettleman has never traded down before. Never, ever, not once. <laughs> so I'm a little interested into what is going on behind closed doors that we don't know yet. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. I I just don't know the scenario that would play out for the Giants to trade back. It's like, I, agree. I get it if, if like Slater and Sewell are both off the board. Okay, maybe. But then it's like, well, then why don't we just take one of those three receivers? If Smith's on the board, if Waddle's on the board, or yep. if Chase's on the board, why not just take one of those three? I mean, I see the flip side. You trade to like maybe 15, somewhere in there. And I've heard the Patriots might be trying to trade up, so that could be a fit. But like, I don't know. To me, the benefit of staying at 11 seems higher than it is if you trade back because we've got glaring needs. And if you either fill that with an old lineman or a wide receiver, then, you know, our offense is pretty set. I'm with you 100%. I read that and I was like, am I, am I reading this right? Like, what am I missing here that they clearly know that I, I don't, um, I agree with you 100%. I think why not? I mean, we have, like you said, we have still, we have holes, like we're filling the holes, like there are people we need why not utilize a spot and either utilize it to get someone or honestly, like if you somehow finagle some sort of deal and could trade like somewhere along the line, I just think it's a great bartering piece, whether it's for the team right now or in something to add leverage down the road. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think I'd be too happy if we, if we swapped a spot. I, I I mean, I could see a world, but like to me, they'd have to get a lot back for that. And, I mean, if you got like an extra second round pick this year, maybe like a third next year, maybe that's worth considering because, you know, we do have a lot of holes. So if you get a second round pick, I think I would maybe consider that. Otherwise, I'm taking whatever on the board and I'm running with it. So that that's my stance on there. I'm with you. I want to get your take on what's like the doomsday scenario. What would be like the worst case thing that could happen on draft night for the Giants? <laughs> worst thing on draft night, honestly, they draft a quarterback. No, <laughs> um, oh God, I don't even, I feel like somehow there's always just like a worst case scenario and I can't even think of what that would be. I would probably say drafting a defensive lineman. Yeah. Honestly, I can't imagine a, a world where, where that's needed especially at an 11th pick in the first round um I get it losing Thomas and that, that sucked it did like but I think there's enough talent on the on the defense to work around and even possibly if need be take it later like if there's someone I don't want a defensive player first round like I I just I can't I think 
the O-line has to be fixed. And I, I just feel like that's really the, the glaring piece of it all. Like we have our wide receiver. We've gained some talent with um, a tight end, even though I guess I heard it's not going to really influence Evan Ingram's role on the team, which I'm yeah. hoping is the polite way of being like, it is. We're just not telling anyone right now <laughs> before the season. Um, but I like I think that's just what you have to do. So I don't know. What What is it for you? Uh, it's it's similar. So there's only one defensive player that I think I would be okay with, and that's Micah Parsons, the, the linebacker okay. from Penn State. Just because, I mean, he's he's more of like a middle linebacker, but what I've seen on his, his tapes and his video and like the, the stats that he put up, he seems like he could also be an edge rusher. So like yeah. in Patrick Graham's defense, like it seems like he gets creative where he moves people around like we saw with, with Jabril, Prep, uh, Jabril Peppers. Right. Uh, I think Parsons kind of gives him some of that flexibility. So he'd be like the one guy I'd be okay with, but I'm with you. D lineman to me, there's just no one there at 11 that yeah. makes sense. Like I'm hundred percent. I think if he picks a D lineman and a pass rusher at 11, it's just a reach. And then yeah. that, that's just a waste to me. And, and I'd be just unbelievably I, pissed. I think, Oh yeah. I think too, like we need, I feel like with the giants, like, just we've been, I feel like gathering players and then just getting rid of them for nothing. Like I want, I want to sit here. Like if we're going to make this Jones break, make or break year, like, can we just get some long-term potential? Even if like we find out it's not him, like if by the end of year three, we're like, okay, he's not the guy. Like we need to go revisit a quarterback. Can we at least have a solid everywhere else? Like right. I feel like I, we draft these players, people are like, okay. And then they suck. And then before you know, like they're gone. And it's just like on again, off again. Like I'm kind of like, okay, let's get some stability and work with it. As opposed to, I feel like sometimes it's just this almost like randomized picking where you're like, what? Like why this person are, Oh, didn't we just get them? They're off the team now. Like I can't even keep up. I want some stability with like long-term potential. That's like really what I feel like. And I think in the last eight years, maybe we got away with it because it was kind of like, what's Eli Manning doing? Like, is he going to stay? Is he regressing? Or like, does the team suck? Okay. Let's like pick out some players, get rid of them, replace new players. Oh wait, it's still not working. Um, okay. Oh, Eli retires. Okay. Now we have Daniel Jones. Let's try to work this. We're not sure. Like, let's just do it. Yeah. I just, I think I'm so sick of the constant, like they're here, they're gone. They're here. They're gone. I want some, like, I want some players where we could be like, we have these really good players. They're here to stay. And they have a lot of potential to offer. Totally agree. And to me, I think that's why the O-line has got to be the move. Like that's sets everything in place. It lets you see exactly what Daniel Jones has got left. Um, my other thought too on that is like, that's assuming obviously that Slater or Sewell is sitting there at 11. That would run to the podium and pick them. <laughs> if it's, if those guys are gone and then you're picking a receiver there again, you've got a ton of weapons. And even if Daniel Jones is not the guy doesn't end up being the guy. You still have one of those awesome wide receivers there. You've got a really young offensive line and you know, those two positions I was looking at are very deep in this draft. So like mm-hmm. if you go O lineman at 11 and then the second round, you go with a receiver. I think that's going to be an awesome move. There's a lot of guys in that second round. That could be a good pick. Even if you flip it, let's say you go wide yeah. receiver at one, there's still a good O lineman sitting there in the second round, get these weapons in there shore up the offense because our defense looked pretty good last year. They were fantastic. I think they were the highlight of the entire year, to be honest, like the, between the Seahawks game and even though they played their hearts out with 
during the Dallas game, like they were on it and they were so enjoyable to watch. And I think that's why it's important that, like you said, if Daniel Jones isn't the guy, that's fine, but let's at least have everything else in place. And then it's a quick, I mean, quick, you know, like just, okay. In out with Daniel Jones in with someone else, but everything else for the most part remains consistent as opposed to like, okay, well now we have to get rid of this player and draft somebody else and they don't mesh. And now they're like, it's too much inconsistency. And I feel like, the Giants are one of the only teams that does, like has been doing this. I feel like there are some other teams that have some stability or at least like a core unit. And I'm just like, I don't know. This is who's on today, but in like three weeks, I don't know. Yeah. And, oh, there they've been gone. They they left two years ago. I don't even <laughs> know how to play in the NFL. Like, let's get some structure and stability. Like, I just, oh. I'm like, we're so close. Just like, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. And now I'm really excited for it because, like, you know, the past few drafts you're going into it like, all right, we're terrible. We need to rebuild. Yeah. It didn't seem like they really embraced that stance. And like, we went back and forth. This is the first year where I'm like, all right, here's a team that we saw like kind of come together in the end of the season. We finally have some optimism. And I just, I find it hard to believe that Gettleman can blow this again. Yeah. Like like we, maybe like we just said, the only way that this is bad is they pick an interior defensive lineman or place Dalvin Tomlinson with pick 11. That'd be like the only thing, but you know, we load up and see what happens here. I do want to get your take on this one because I know you're active on Twitter. So did you see a lot of the New York Giants Twitter going back and forth about the Saquon Barkley draft pick a couple of years ago and like the quote value that you could get? Did you see any of this? Yes, I have. What's your take? To be honest, I can't even indulge in it. (laughs) And I have basically made an an active effort to just not read it because it makes me so angry. I get the argument, but, and I'm, I'm going to be biased. I want to take one so bad. I want them so bad. I was thrilled. Like I took my friend who doesn't watch football to a bar in Philadelphia. So I could watch this draft. Like I was, and when he got back, I was like freaking out in the bar and everyone's like, Philly didn't pick yet. And I was like, no, no, no. Like Giants got, I know they didn't pick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I, why I wouldn't be cheering. (laughs) So for me, I feel like my hype, forgetting Saquon just blocks out even if some of the arguments might seem like they're valid in theory I was so excited to get it and I think like I think what people seem to forget is like we needed a dynamic player and he can do that and I like I understand like yes Odell Beckham was our dynamic player at the time and I'm sure if not for the trade he and Saquon would have been a crazy dynamic duo unfortunately (laughs) that didn't happen but I think like there's something you said just about drafting talent at the same time. And I think what people seem to forget is like people are like, oh, like you could have this quarterback, you could have that that quarterback. At the time, Eli was our quarterback. Like he was, we didn't know if he was gonna be a Tom Brady and stay. Personally, I think the Giants kind of drove him out of the position and made it interesting. Just, so they wouldn't help him. I I'm convinced, like I just I don't know how you don't fix that O line and you just put yeah. Your two-time um, Super Bowl-winning player in that pocket. I, I think, like, I I don't understand. So, I think at the time it was just like we have a quarterback. Like, what else do we need? I don't think there was as much of an urgency to fix the O line. Clearly, because Clearly. it remained a problem for so long. Um. So I think with the mentality of being like we're we're going to pick for, I, I thought it was a, the right move. But I understand there are people who don't, and I I just. 
think it gave also like people seem to forget and I know it's a business and the emotions of fans probably shouldn't play into it but we just sucked so bad like give us something to watch right I think he did that but I also think Saquon's extremely talented however I don't know what's going to come up him for this year which is a big concern of mine um like I saw Wayne Gallman getting got interviewed by the 49ers or um which I think he deserves because I think he stepped up when we really needed him. And I think he deserves to be a starter somewhere. I don't think he should live in the shadows of Saquon and wait until not hoping for injury, but Saquon needs to miss a game or something. It's like, Oh great. We have Wayne Gallman. He's fantastic. That's not, he deserves more than that. That being said, I don't know um, what's going to come with Saquon this year. I'm hoping for the best. Is it just uh, is it just injury concerns or is it going to be rust? Like, what do you think is the, I think the concern? injury concerns? I just think what made him such a dynamic player was just his ability to 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 run and just cut corners and and be so fast. And I hope that he comes back stronger than ever. But I'm worried. Yeah. But I think people, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We didn't like looking back. It's like, oh, what a waste of a second pick. Assuming he might not come back a hundred percent and. I hope he does. I hope I'm completely wrong. But you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, you, can't, you can't predict it. You can't say, oh, we're going to take our second, you know, number two pick. And then in the 2020 season, he's going to end in the second game and be out. The entire, like, you can't. Right. So I hope he comes back as healthy as before. I'm just worried. But I'm also a pessimist. And I see the glass half empty. So I might just be prepping myself for something that I end up being really happy about. And he's back and he's perfectly fine. Hey, I've always said, expect the worst and adjust accordingly. Exactly. That way you're never disappointed. I, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I, uh, I, at the time the Saquon pick, that is exactly who I wanted as well. I was like, give me Saquon. I need him because I thought Eli maybe had another two years left in the tank. I was like, maybe let's get one more run in this. I don't think it was a bad pick. I mean, that first season with Saquon was electric. The guy put up almost 2000 yards. I mean, out of his mind and then he gets hurt. You know I mean? That, that happens. I just hope like you, that he comes back fully healthy. He's still dynamic. He still has that burst. He still can make those cuts because that was what made him. But I mean, again, and um, this is just in my head thinking about all this stuff. It's like a strong offensive line just makes it better for him as well. Yep. And then that opens up everything else for Daniel Jones. Like now all of a sudden people aren't just like, determined to stop Daniel Jones. I guess that was what they were doing last year, but you know, they were, it was easy for him to just stop Daniel Jones when it was like, all right, I guess there's no, there's no weapons here. We load the box, load him up on Wayne Gallman. Like there wasn't much explosiveness on offense. Exactly. Now if he's back, that's there. And I think too, like, I feel like the play calling for such a long time. And I mean, we didn't really get to see a ton of it this season considering Saquon was injured. I think it was the second game. Second game. Yep. Like the beginning of the second game, I turned it on and before I knew it, I was like, Oh, this, this is done. <laughs> this, yeah. this is done. Um, I think too, like the play calling was so predictable that it was just always to Saquon. I mean, like, and I, maybe that is because he had the lack of weapons for wide receivers and every once in a while, Evan Ingram got a quick, quick throw or something. But I think that also played into it was like, he was like Saquon's safe bet. Cause I know he can do it. And my wide receivers can't get separation. So just give it to Saquon. And I think that honestly contributed to his injury because I think it was just so predictable all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it was more of a shock to give it to your wide receiver. Like I would be like, oh my gosh, Sterling shot. Whoa. Like, yeah. wow. I saw Saquon touch the ball 13 times in a row. Wow. So 
I think also just having, like you said, the more dynamic players, it also, you know, it, it creates some diversity. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? I guess like diversity within the playbook as well. Oh, so yeah. You have, you have different options. So I think that is going to be like Saquon's return has the potential to just add to this already, I feel like, budding team. Like they're, they're so close, which is great. But I'm going to miss Wayne Gallman, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a little sad. Like, I saw that, and it was bittersweet. I was like, good for him, but I don't want you to leave. But you deserve it. But I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. And you said it right. I mean, he earned a starting job. He at least earned, if not a starting job, somewhere where he'll get more touches. Maybe, get like, 100%. split carries. You know, something yeah. like that. I just think with Saquon coming back, it's going to be tough for him to get a lot of touches. And I and I understand that. I mean, if I were the Giants, I, I don't think I would be, you know, interchanging Wayne Gallman and Saquon to the point where they almost had a similar play time. Like I, I understand it, but I think, like you said, if he's not going to be a starter, at least give, put him somewhere where he can really get some reps in and, and do well. And I think he's earned that. It just kind of sucks. Cause it's like, you did such a great job that we can't keep you anymore. <laughs> like yeah. you did too much of a good job that the other teams want you, but I guess that's the name of the game. That's but, it. Good yeah. on Gallman. And hopefully he gets a big contract on there. Yeah. So, all right, so we went over kind of these picks. Uh, we went over Devontae Smith, Slater, maybe Sewell. Give me your absolute ideal scenario because we went over the worst case. Now give me your best case. So let's say, you know, who is the number one guy on the board that you want to see the Giants pick? I want Slater. Slater, okay. Yeah, that's who I want. I think I just, I really see the team come together with that pick. I, I think it fills a whole, I think it enhances the O-line, which is what we need. I just, I feel like that's a huge piece of the missing puzzle. Mm-hmm. I'm in complete agreement. That's my number one pick as well for a couple of reasons too, is one, he's got position kind of not eligibility, but he can play guard and tackle. Mm-hmm. So he can instantly jump in at right guard to fill Zeitler's absence. Exactly. If we want him to start at right tackle right away. He can do that. So I think that versatility makes him so much more valuable in my opinion. And on top of that, there's been all kinds of tape out there that shows him absolutely dominating Chase Young two years ago. So okay. give me that. We know yeah. we got to face Chase Young. Give me a guy that's been known to like shut him down and block him. That's what I want on the team. I, my only other, I would, if available, I would love Devontae Smith solely because I think the Eagles want him. And I, I just would, I would back <laughs> in the glory yeah. of that. <laughs> I would yeah. love that. Um, however, is it the smartest pick just to be petty? Probably not. But, eh. hey, I'm with you. I don't want to see the Eagles get one of these weapons because that just hurts us when we could possibly have them. Uh, I'm on board. I have a complete agreement. Those are my two top guys as well. Um, I actually I think, in my opinion, Jamar Chase might be a little better than Devontae Smith, maybe arguably. But I mean, how can you argue with Devontae Smith and what he did? I mean, the guy put up huge numbers and had huge success. So uh, I think any one of those guys would be an incredible addition. Completely agree. So did you do any studying on some of these top quarterbacks? Like, do you have an idea of who's going to fall kind of in the top couple picks? I, the I know the names, but I feel like because the Giants, I knew were not drafting a quarterback. Yeah. I was like, I right, let the Jets draft them. <laughs> like, <laughs> let, let the Jets have who they need. Um, so I know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go, I think, yeah. like one or two. He has to. I don't know where he's going to end up. Um, I think it'd be really funny if he played for the Jets. Uh, that would be something. That would Just be something. Because, um, but I haven't kept up a lot with uh, 
quarterbacks I focus has really been offensive players and wide receivers. That's totally fair. I talked to um, a buddy last week who's a Browns fan. I was like, what do you think about this? He's like, same thing that you say. He's like, I've just been so focused on who I want my team to pick that like, I haven't even given much thought to these quarterbacks. So it's reasonable. So I do want to ask you too, with this upcoming season, um, have they talked about fans in the stadium this year? I know the last time I, what did they, I think like a few months ago, they said 20% the goal. I believe that was a few months ago. I would imagine my thinking is they're going to do something like the Nets are doing, assuming there's no crazy spike where the Nets, I don't know if you're familiar, but you have to show your vaccination card and be okay. within two weeks of the, fi- the second shot. Um, you have to have a, neg- or th- a negative COVID test three days before the game. And I think there's something else where they, they can even test you there, but you have to, which I'm in favor of. I yeah. think I don't have a problem with that. I think if my vaccine card has to become my new passport, if it means I can go to MetLife, I, I'm all for it. I don't see us having a full stadium anytime soon, yeah. which sucks. Um, I don't really know if any team is, is, is going to do that, to be honest. I think COVID really has been taking its time here. Seriously. <laughs> which is a bummer. I mean, I... I'm still salty. I missed out on the Buccaneers game. That's the one game I was like so psyched to see and go to in person. I think we play the Bucks, but just um, in Tampa this year. Mm. So I know. I'm so bummed. I'm like. Oh. That would have been a great game to go to. I know. And if you remember, the Giants like kind of had them for a little bit. They yeah. came back, but they lost. Um, so then I saw it and I was like. I tried to make myself feel better. I was like, would I have wanted to be there? And I was like, no, I still I still would have wanted to watch that loss. Yeah, I would have. I yeah. would have. Yeah, so, I would love to, to go yeah. to a game at the stadium. It's been I live in D.C. now, so it's been I think it's been six years since I've been to MetLife. So the last couple of games I've seen have been here in D.C. and it's just not oh, the same. Okay. It's not the same. I know. I I try to go like once a year to MetLife. Um, I'm trying to think. I saw honestly, I think the last like six times I've gone, they've lost every game. Like oh. I'm pretty sure the last time I was at a winning <laughs> winning game was the wild card game we had. Okay. Uh, which is a fantastic game. It's probably my favorite memory. Uh, I, I go to I, I go to the link every every time. And that's certainly not as fun as MetLife. No, definitely so, not. I hope like I hope we have fans. I hope it continues, and maybe by then they'll increase. I'm pretty sure it's at twenty percent. Okay. Or so, which like we'll take it. Right. I mean, any better than nothing, but it it's kind of a sad reality. I feel like that I'm not ready to face to be like, oh, in a few months, like. Will MetLife be packed with 60 plus thousand? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. All right. Let me get your final question of the episode here. What is your outlook for the season? Give me like a a record prediction and and kind of what you think is the best case scenario. Man. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to set my expectations high this season. Okay. Maybe I'm manifesting. And like I said, I'm usually a pessimist, but I'm convinced that the team is gelling. I'm convinced and I have high expectations for Daniel Jones. So I'm going to go, I think I'm going to do, we have set, didn't they bump the yeah, game? Yeah, they added, I was going to okay, say, they I added 17 games now. For a second. Yeah. I was like, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to do 11 and six. Okay. All right. That's I like that. That's, I'm, I'm setting the bar high. I want, I want wins. I want wins. And I think if they like if you take their best games, which they did have some really good games. Yep. They just managed to lose. <laughs> but if you take 
like the best plays and you see what they're capable of, they can be really good. Yeah. It's just a matter of the consistency factor of doing that. And I feel like they were kind of consistent, like towards the end of the season, like they, they did okay. Um, so I feel like the potential is there, the ability is there. I think it's just a matter of bringing all the pieces together at this, the right place at the right time and having everyone be cohesive and not having the defense play so much that they're gassed by the start of the third quarter. And then offense tries and defense is like, we are exhausted. We can't do this anymore. I think if you take the best parts of the, of the games that we've watched, like the potential is there. So I'm doing 11, six, and I'm having us go to the playoffs. I love it. I love and it. If we don't, we're having some serious conversations about Daniel Jones because assuming there's no injuries, there's really no excuse. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I think like it's time. It's time. Like even with um, Jason Garrett, like, okay, we didn't like the play calling, whatever, but like this will be a second year. You had a whole year with him. You had a whole year with Joe judge. So even to say, Oh, he's a second year quarterback with new coaches. That excuse is gone. You have more weapons. It's your third year. I'm like I said, I was the Daniel Jones sympathizer, but if I, if everything else that was, that had us succeed last year is consistent this year, and he's the only inconsistency, then there's nothing else. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And we'll probably, we'll be talking about quarterback picks next year. Oh, I man. hope I don't have to familiarize myself with those for a while. Seriously. I, I like that prediction. I like that optimism. I want the playoffs as well. I think the division's wide open. I mean, I do too. Washington won it last year, but I mean, they've got a great defense. They, they don't have that great of an offense. They've got quarterback questions. Philly. I think they're a mess. I think they're a ways away and Dallas has no defense. So, I mean, I think the division's there and I want to see them in the playoffs and I think it's possible. So if we're sitting here at the end of the season, this time next year, we're going over quarterbacks. We are in a bad place. <laughs> yeah, that is, it, cause that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. That we, that's what we're doing. I agree. I mean, Philly's in shambles. I don't need, like, I don't, that's a big question mark. And honestly, yep. like the Redskins, they have their own quarterback issues because yep. Haskins is gone and Alex Smith retired. Yep. So that's a whole thing. And I mean, too, they, I think the Redskins lucked out because that, I mean, I think we all know they didn't really get there on merit. That no. last game was a complete disaster. Yeah. Like literally just called yeah. it a complete shit. It was a joke. I mean, to put in who, who the heck was the Eagles quarterback? Nate Sudfield. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. So like you said, I feel like the Eagles and Redskins have their own structural issues to deal with, like organization issues, mm-hmm. let alone filling the gaps. Like, I mean, we have our coach, we have so many additional coaches and Jason Garrett, like if he can do the job, I'll give him another year, see what he can do. Maybe he took like reads Twitter and saw everyone constructive <laughs> criticism. and was like, I need to change, but I think we have the pieces. And I think, like you said, I don't think any other team has the pieces that we have. Yeah, no defense. And I just think Redskins and or Washington football team, oh, football team. <laughs> football team and the Eagles, they don't have a quarterback. And it also seems, especially for the Eagles, like the organization is in shambles. A hot mess. Yeah. And I think according to Gettleman and culture, that plays a huge part of a team. So I just, as of right now, assuming, you know, we draft what we need and Daniel Jones 
has a good year and people in the players stay healthy, I can't see why we don't make the playoffs. I'm in complete agreement. I don't see, I don't see why not, but then again, (laughs) crazier things have happened, but. Yeah, that's why they play the games. But um, yeah, this was fun, Sova. We're going to get you back on after the draft. We'll do a little recap. Awesome. Break things down, see how the Giants did, and then we'll get a little season preview. All right. I'm anytime. Just fingers crossed we're not talking worst case scenario. Or I can't uh, believe they drafted X. Please. If we're having like a funeral podcast episode after the draft, this, people are going to have to pray for us. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> it was so good, though, to see you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Thank and that's episode 105 in the books. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Oh, I'm fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.